It's my Chucky Charles's nigga. Where's my motherfucking Ray Charles's? We're just going to start off here. Yeah, we're going to start off here. Holding this up. If you're watching a live stream, take your camera, put it up to the to your screen. Turn your camera on. Don't just put your phone up to the dick. <laughs> Turn your camera on, fool. You guys know this stuff. Don't act like I invented technology. Come on now, guys. Come on, people. Get in there. Put your phone up to that. We're going to let this rock here for a minute. Put your phone up to it. Now click it and come fuck with me, man. Come fuck with me. I don't get it. Come fuck with me. I don't get it, man. It's simple, man. Get you something. You see these new dopes? What's going on, y'all? You see these dopes? Get you one of these dopes. Differences of opinion that pushes enlightenment. D-O-P. Man. See the back? Y'all see the back there? Yeah, man. Revel wear, man. You see that revel wear, man. Revolutionary wear, man. <laughs> Y'all should fuck with me. Y'all should fuck with me. You should. I mean, speaking of that, let's get right into it. Let's get right in the homeroom. Let's get right in the homeroom, people. Let's get right in the homeroom. Thank you guys for coming to class on time. I appreciate that means a lot to me. Yeah, I buy legit weed now. I go buy my weed. Fuck, fuck the man. Fuck all my friends that sell weed, you bitch ass niggas. I spent over a hundred thousands of dollars with you niggas and you niggas can't fucking buy some merchandise from a nigga. Fuck you, nigga. Thank you, everybody that's been buying the Rebel Wear, by the way. Like I said, I did good. I had my bad months. I had my months where I sell like 400 only, then I got the thousands up there. So thank you to everybody that's been rocking with it and copping it. Um, I, I'm, I think that I'm going to start um, documenting me going out to places and people and selling it and people saying, hey, what's up? I think that's what I'm going to use as like a commercial to let people know how interesting it is, how interesting these designs are. Everything takes time and thought and it's good material. This sweater will be looking like this for three years. That weed that I bought from my niggas, that shit ain't around no more. I was buying bunk ass weed for my niggas. So yeah, I buy legal weed now. The bombest weed in Minnesota, nigga. It's all legit here, nigga, if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing and you, you understand the, the ways of the motherfucking land, nigga, fuck you talking about, nigga. You got me fucked up, nigga. All the money I spent with my homeboys, nigga. 100 sack, 100 sack, 100 sack, 50, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 50, 100, 100, 100, 100. nigga. I was doing that because you was my niggas. I didn't have to. I know plenty of niggas that fucking sell weed. I could have just kept going around the circles, but I kept my circle small because I like shopping with my niggas, putting money in their pockets. I know a bunch of white boys that sell weed, nigga. I fuck with my niggas because I like putting money in their pockets. But the second I start coming with some product, the niggas don't shop. I'm telling you, man, it's real easy. People will say anything. That's why I don't listen to words. I don't listen to people's words. I love you, man. You know I love you, man. Oh, that's nice words. <laughs> Love is something that you show. I can't just tell my son, hey, man, you low. I love you, man. Dad, you ain't doing nothing for me, though. Nigga, you got to show love. You can't just say, I love you, man. I love you. That's what people try to say. Man, you know we love you. That's what family are. 
family will do that to you, the dev boy. Man, you know we love you. <laughs> no, I don't. No, not once I realized what it, what love is. When I was a kid, I thought that. When I was a little bitty baby boy, little kid running around, I thought, yeah, everybody loves me and my family. People will show you what they think about you if you just give them enough time. And everybody showed me exactly. Everybody, there's not one person who did not show me what they what I mean to them. I know exactly where I stand with everybody. And unlike niggas, niggas come from some kind of culture where they think that you got to be mean and yell. No, I'll just be conniving as you were because you've had me fooled for a long time. Niggas had me fooled for like the first, what, 20 years of my life, nigga. I can fool you niggas for a couple more years. I can fool niggas for 10 years. <clears throat> I don't have to be abrasive with you. I don't have to be angry with you. I just lie to you, nigga. When I see you, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, Hey man, you got some money? No man, I'm broke, man. Hey man, I'm broke, man. Don't you got the lawsuit? No, no man. I just, man, I, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm, I'm broke, man. Hey, I ain't got nothing. I never used to be able to do that shit. If I had money, I'd give it. Somebody come to me, hey man, I need here, man. You know I got it. You know I'm doing good. Podcast is doing good. Eating off the streams, eating off the fucking YouTube, eating off the merchandise. You know what I'm saying? This shit is going good for me right now as far as an independent hustle. Yeah, I'm like Master P with this shit. I'm and I'm not Master P yet. I need to I need to get a fucking deal before I'm Master P. I need people to recognize the hustle and they say this nigga Simba's a bad motherfucker, man. Let's put a little bit of something behind this nigga. This nigga could take over the whole fucking world. Yeah, but uh y'all make sure y'all fuck with the revel where everybody come on in. Come on in, my friend. Put your phone up there. Yeah. Uh, what's going on, everybody out there? Yeah, man. So I fucked that nigga. Niggas like, how you going for the man? Nigga, I fucks with the man. Loyalty, nigga, is overrated when you give it to people that don't deserve it. Loyalty is a great thing when you give it to somebody that deserves it. Somebody that's been with you from the, you know what I mean? That's a great thing. But just giving it to people because you think their title, I've known you for 10 years. You're my this, you're my that. Nah, fam. Loyalty got to be earned. <clears throat> and I finally found something to put people to the test with their loyalty. My podcast, me, my opinion, my brashness, my loud, my big mouth, as Pac would say. That's what Tupac said, my big mouth. Yeah. Now that I'm talking on the internet and speaking my thoughts, nigga, can you guys fucking still be like, I don't care, fam. I don't, you know what I mean? What's up? How you doing? Where can I get that from? way you we gonna continue to fuck with you for years nigga i can't believe all the niggas i know nigga i'm done with you niggas i'm not buying another red nickel from you niggas as far as this nigga i go get this from the best place on planet earth nigga yep straight from cali nigga they shit's up there with the 40 percent thc and 50 percent shit nigga it's real nigga I'm not fucking with you low lives no more nigga you niggas fucking low lives Nickel and diamond. And then don't you hate when you buy weed from a nigga and the weed don't be good? And then you be like, nigga, how'd you buy pounds of this, my nigga? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was smart. Every time I buy something, let me see. Roll one up. Yeah, I'll give you about 27 for this. I'm telling you, as a person that's new, I'll give you 27 for this. This is not the, oh, this is not going to have my, my buyers flooding the markets. This is going to have people calling me back, wanting their money back and wanting half price. This is going to have Simbali calling me saying, hey man, what was going on? So, and I still fuck with niggas because I understand the hustle. 
It's all good. You might have a bad batch. One day you'll have a good batch, but we flowing. You feel me? Oh, people coming in the chat. Who's in the chat? Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What a day. What a day. What a beautiful Friday, man. It's a wonderful Friday. So if you've been following me on my social media platforms, you know the message that I got, which is why I'm streaming again today. You got to follow me on my social media platforms. No, no longer will I just be telling people this is what happened. If you're not following me on Instagram, on Twitter, if you're not following my stories, then you don't know what I'm talking about. If you are following me on my stories, you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep, I got that message. And so I'll be streaming every day, every day at eight o'clock. Sometimes it'll be 20 minutes. Sometimes it'll be 30 minutes. Sometimes it'll be an hour. Sometimes it might even be two hours on the day when we really rocking and rolling. But every day, and I mean every day, I think I might do two, three streams on the weekend. We're going to run this fucking thing up because I understand what it takes to get viewers. I understand what it takes. It's consistency. And it's not the consistency from the viewers, it's the consistency from the platform that you're streaming on. That's who you're showing consistency to. Oh God, I got to teach. Here we go. Yeah. What do you mean consistency? People think when you say keep putting video out like to the viewers, the viewers don't understand consistency. It's the platforms do. Oh, he's serious with this. He's been going for two, three, four, five, you know, months every day, two times a day streaming. We're going to now put his video on the, you know what I mean? The next way where people, when they open the apps, they can see him because he's a serious streamer. Like anything else. Are you just playing with this? Are you just trying to do it because you think you're going to be the next Joe Rogan? Or do you have a passion and a love for this and a talent that can drive traffic to our fucking platform? I believe I do. I believe that I can have tens of thousands of people sitting here watching me and having a great fucking time and putting shit in the comments and knowing I get to the comments, answering questions. Man, we can have a great time pulling double screens up, screen sharing, having guests, viewers. I think that in about a good six to seven months of me going hard, seven, eight months of me streaming every day at the same time, I believe that by the end of that eight months, I'll look up and I have a solid fan base, especially when I turn that motherfucking engine on. Yeah, you know, when I turn that motherfucking engine on, it's a wrap. I ain't turned the engine on yet. I'm finna turn the engine on pretty soon. Then everybody can kiss my ass. Then it's gonna be stupid. I'm doing all this butt naked. No fucking, no nothing. Yeah, nigga, I'm out here butt naked in the streets, nigga. No clothes. No, I'm out here like Terminator. I came to here, like, I came to podcasting like Terminator did. Remember butt naked? Just nice shoes. Can I have your coat? That's how I came to podcasting, nigga. A lot of niggas have plans. A lot of niggas, I didn't plan nothing, nigga. It was just all off the cuff. I actually helped other niggas' careers. Other niggas seen what I was doing and it's like, oh, shit. And to, did it to the maximum. And salute to them niggas. Because if I see somebody lagging doing something, I'm going to take it to the next level, too. That's what I do with podcasting. I bring podcasting to the next level. Like, my innovations, you know, the fact that I do live stream shows and turn them into podcasts. Nobody does that. Nobody actually does that. Well, now people are doing it, but I was the first one to actually do that shit. I'm telling you guys. Pull up podcasts, all that shit. I knew what, because I have a hip-hop brain. I have a hip-hop feel. I create hip-hop. I'm one of the most creative people ever in Minnesota. I truly believe in my heart 
I want to say something on this podcast, and, and I'm just going to, like I said, the people who are here get to see it. If you're not, I can always say I never said that. <laughs> but I truly believe in my heart that there's Prince in me. That's it. I think when you're talking about people born in Minnesota, the top creative people, the top creative, you, you know, just creative spirits that come from somewhere else that used music as an outlet, but was very, very creative. I think Prince and then me. Prince is higher than me so far. I still have work to do, but yeah, it's Prince and me, man. The things that I've created, man, my creative ability is amazing. I went from fucking rap, created one of the biggest rap groups ever with my compadres, and then I went to podcasting, and I basically birthed podcasting in Minnesota. I stand on that. I gave birth out of my, I gave birth out of my dick hole. Out of my dick hole, it shit hurt. I gave birth out of my dick hole to every podcaster except for local celebrities. Local celebrity podcasts, they gave birth to me. My nigga brought me up on the show and showed me this game. But every other podcaster is my fucking son because they were birthed out of me running around for years saying I'm the number one podcaster. I'm saying it. Trap, trap right. All the podcasters, all the black niggas that act like they don't know who they who I am. Khalid Alamine's nephew, uh, the Wholesome Podcast, everybody, their whole drive came from, man, you hear this nigga saying he's the best podcast? Man, I'm going to go to the next level. That I swear to God, I believe that in my heart. There's no nothing anybody can tell me because I seen the scene. I didn't see any podcasters for a long time. Then I was like, fuck it, nobody's out here. I'm the best. I'm the number one motherfucking podcast. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. Next thing I know, People that were connected to people I knew start coming out with podcasts. A lot of people watch my material from, and they just want to sneak watch. Like, I'm going to put on blast somebody who sneak watches. Like, one of the funniest niggas in Minnesota who does a lot is a nigga that used to ride around in the Street King van as a little guy. We had Street Kings. His name is Steph Wheezy. You guys know Steph Wheezy. Light-skinned Steph Wheezy. Fucking comedic genius. Well, the nigga peeks in nowadays at my lives and sees what's going on. But the nigga won't reach out and say, fam, let's work. Let's get something popping, man. You got something. You funny as hell. I know you. You see what I'm saying? The nigga will just sit and look. I think he probably goes maybe reports back to earn. I know him and Mr. Neil are friends. I know everything that's going on in the city. There's nothing going on. People think that they're doing. I know exactly what's going on with my ex-friends. I know what's going on with the little guys. I know what's going on with the family. I know what all you guys are thinking. And it's because you're not trying to tell me anything, but you're showing me anything. What the how the fuck is Steph Weezy one of the biggest guys? You got all my people out here, but huh? But y'all ain't fucking with Sim. Man, that nigga said fuck George Floyd. Get it? Got it? Good. That nigga said fuck Black Lives Matter, nigga. But y'all niggas come from the van though, my nigga. Like this is his thing that he's doing. Everything that you do is fucking great. You don't think people are gonna be critical of shit that you do? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I don't judge niggas for that shit. I don't judge niggas for shit that they do, nigga. That's what you do, nigga. Well, you my nigga, you know? If I could help you to stop, I'd like to. But nigga, fuck that. I'm not going to not do a show with you and act like I don't see you. Like I said, the nigga Chief, uh, <laughs> the nigga live on Lake Street. What's the nigga's name with the dreads? Is it Chef or is it Chief? I don't know. I don't know these niggas. Chef, chief, whatever the niggas is, that nigga was still just a video guy for Mr. Neil. That's what he did. He was a video guy. So the guy when you see live on Lake Street, 
There's um Jake Faircloth. He's cool. Jake Faircloth's a cool dude. Jake Faircloth's a cool dude. You know what I mean? But that Chef nigga, he's kind of of a whole ass nigga to me. He did some shit that I'm like, and it's the niggas now. Like I said, it's not even the white dudes. That's why I don't, I feel bad when I talk about white people because it's not them. It, it really isn't them. It's the whole ass niggas that just want to chase the bag and they're so money hungry. So, and they don't want to get money so they can build capital and be responsible. No, these niggas don't want money and power so they can do something for their people. They want money and power so they can just fuck bitches. That's it. That's as deep as their drive goes. I just want to fuck some bitches because they've never had bitches. You got a bunch of niggas who never had bitches who are some of the most influential people in media and music. You've never been fucked with none bitches. You've never had the baddest bitch in the school or the cafeteria or the party ever say she wants to go with you. You've never felt that. You're a cornball. So anyway, that's what's going on. And when I look around, I'm like, either it's, it's a lot of street niggas who are, nigga, I know you don't give a fuck about nothing black. You're one of the, I know you, nigga. I've seen you in action. You don't give a fuck about black people, nigga. You're a real life street nigga. Or it's these cornball niggas who, nigga, you, who are you, nigga? So anyway, the chef nigga or the chief, is it chief or chef? Chief, chef, whatever. This nigga was a video guy for Mr. Neil. He would go with cameras and like video chicks. And he would sit there with a hard dick and he would try to, you know, the guys with the cameras, hey girl, I'll, I'll photograph you. <laughs> you can, any girl, any girl be happy to get photographed. It makes them feel like they're famous. You get a good photographer. I think I might do that, nigga. No, I can't. My wife beat and killed my stupid ass out here trying to be slick, slick pimping. But nigga, you can just get a camera and I'm going to take pictures of you. Bitches be thinking they about to be in Playboy or something. Bitch, he's finna take these pictures home and whack off to him. He's finna jack off, nigga. It's finna be sperm all over these fucking, it's finna be DNA all over these fucking pictures. This isn't going anywhere. Fucking, oh, I'm shooting videos with such and such. I look at this nigga's profile, this nigga, man, please. Nigga, the only thing you've got is pictures of a bunch of nigga downtrodden lost souls. <laughs> these bitches is downtrodden and lost. You ain't got no fucking Bernice Burgos in your fucking selection. So anyway. Yeah, that's what he did, though. He was just a thirst trap nigga, but he would go shoot like concerts for Mr. Neil, too. Right. So I was doing my podcast and Mr. Neil said, hey, my nigga, Chef, he got he was heavy at this time. He didn't get the tummy tuck. He didn't get the um tummy tuck and the tummy tea and the liposuction. He hadn't got that yet. This, why go in the gym? That was my only thing with Chef. I was like, damn, bro. That's my only thing. That was my only thing with Chef. It's like, bro, why are you going to be in the gym? You should just be by the machine. Be in the doctor's office, nigga. Say, Dr. So-and-so got me right. I would respect that. that. You see what I'm saying? That's the kind of nigga I am. Keep it real. This nigga want to be in the gym, pouring water on his head, making it look like sweat, talking about we working. That's that Black Lives Matter. Don't do the work. Want the results. Want the praise. Want the attention. Want the adulation. But you don't want to go through what I went through, nigga. You don't want to fast for seven days on a water fast, nigga. You know, you don't want to do that. Yeah, you gonna yeah, but chef will look at me and say, You crazy, you out of touch, and I'm with the people and I'm with the culture, nigga. You can you fast for seven days off strictly water, nigga, and lose you if because if you can, nigga, you wouldn't need to get tummy tucks. Can you run and jog for six miles? Can you hit Lake Nakomas twice, nigga? Can you run in hot weather in California? Can you virtually go from 200 and almost what was I, 260 to a beautiful 166 with no fucking tummy tucks, tummy tea, just dedication? I went vegan for a while. Nigga, that's what I am, nigga. So while I'm talking this wild, crazy shit, that's the thing that's different about me and my nigga CW. We talk crazy, but when the people that we are surpass anybody that can um critique us, that's the power. I just gave it away. 
So, but it ain't that many. It's only a couple. But that's my power. That's the only superpower. If I ever come across somebody that's a better human than me and as intelligent as me and as charismatic as me and as witty as me and as looking good looking and charming as me, I'm in trouble. Because my whole thing is I know, nigga, whatever the people that critique me, you don't fucking push yourself to the limit. You don't challenge yourself. You don't try to be all you can be every motherfucking day, squeeze every juice, nigga. This, that, this, don't stop, nigga. Every day, nigga, live stream, nigga, take care of, nigga, move around, coach kids, nigga, get the fuck out of here, nigga. I was doing so much shit, so that's what I, that's the leg that I stand on. So anyway, back to the homeboy, uh, Chef. Yeah, so Mr. Nibbles, like, the nigga, you know, he, he shoots videos for me and shit. He didn't have nothing. There was no live on Lake Street at this time. There was no such thing as live on Lake Street. He learned from me what podcast it was. He sat and watched me fucking talk in a fucking and say, this, what is this nigga doing? And then once he realized whenever Live on Lake Street popped in his head that that's what he wanted to do, you would think he would say, Neil, reach out to your homeboy, Simba Ali, and see if he wants to do this. He reached out to a white dude, but he for the culture. And even, even you know what's so fucked up? And now I can tell the story because I don't fuck with any of them. I don't fuck with, like I say, Jake's cool. Jake's a cool dude, but I don't fuck with Chef. He did some shit that made me be like, come on, bro. If we're going to go there, let's be real. Let's take let's take your page down. If you're going to send me that message, take your page down. Then don't just send it to me as a way to try to, why would you do that? Why not just leave it alone, my nigga? Don't nobody care about that bullshit. But anyway, yeah, fucking uh, the nigga Say No More podcast. So I guess I go on, I think I went on Say No, the nigga Say No More podcast, Wayne. Wayne from Say No More. I went on his show first. And we kind of crack jokes on Jake Faircloth. Be have a beware of white guys with beards. And I find and I didn't know that they had a little thing going on. I have I just don't like white go, white guys in hip hop culture as a fucking um what's the word as a teacher. I don't like white people in a position like your opinion don't mean shit when it comes. You're a guest. That's what I mean. I don't like white people as homeowners of hip hop. There we go. I said it. I said it. I don't like white people as homeowners of hip hop. I like them as guests. You know what I mean? There's certain things that white people like black people as guests. You see, black people get to serve in the kitchen. We get to come out with the biscuits. We like maids. We, we can take you black people like that. But we do not want you guys to be presidents. We don't want you guys to have too much shit. But we'll take you guys in the kitchen. White people was like that for a long time. Hey, I still have a little bit of that in me. I don't like white people as homeowners of hip hop. I like them as guests. And so when I see a show that he's sitting there, man, please, fuck you. So you've done hip hop here? That's the problem. What's the credential of the people in media? What have you done? What have, what have you done? What have you created? What have you done? Have you been to any DJ Boogie house parties? Nigga, have you been to the Chi-Town house parties? DJ Boogie, Circle of Discipline. Nigga, have you been to the Northside juke joints, nigga, when the GDs and the Vice Lords was just coming in and it was, who that is? That's DJ Boogie. Who that is? That's DJ Boogie. <laughs> Break it down. If you ain't been in no house parties that get shot up, if you ain't did no rap shows where if you ain't put culture down in Minnesota, then what the fuck are you doing yapping about hip hop and pointing? And why would somebody, a black guy named Chef, go to you instead of saying, Mr. Neil, I'm going to the founder of hip hop. There's two founders of hip hop here. I swear to God, I don't give a fuck. Anybody, I don't care. I don't give. That's why nobody ever asked me about hip hop. I fucked up. Some, one, now I know what to say. Whenever somebody, whenever somebody asks me about who do you like in Minnesota as far as rap? I'm going to say nobody. I don't even listen to this shit no more, nigga. I'm a god. I've surpassed listening to the fucking peons and whack motherfuckers. If they was good, I would hear about them. 
They're trash. Everybody wants to be like somebody else. They don't know how to work together. They're all trying to be number fucking one and nobody's good enough to be number one. See, I can go for number one because I'm great enough. I'm greater than all the other podcasters. They can't do this. They can't live stream. I guarantee trap right live on Lake Street. Say no more. Put them on a live stream back to back for a week, not just one time on a good day when you're drunk and you got your topics lined up and everything. I'm talking about on the day you don't want to go. The day you had to go get your mom's shit and oh shit, and you had to run back. I ain't got no topics. Fuck, uh, fuck it. Hit the red button and let's go. Like today. You know what I'm talking about? Like today. Can you just talk and entertain the people, nigga, and keep people glued, waiting for you to say, what the fuck this nigga gonna say? So anyway, back to Chief or Chief or whatever the fuck this nigga's name is. I was podcasting in his crib. He lived, where did he stay? I almost want to say the nigga stayed like in Bloomington or somewhere. He stayed somewhere in some apartments. And I would go to the nigga's crib. I met him. He was cool. I was able to up my nigga. It wasn't nothing like that. I'm not one of them niggas. We were able to up my nigga. It was all good. I think I might have smoked one or something. It was all good. And then I would do my podcast and this shit. So like I said, it was just weird for me. But anyway, let's get back to the... Oh, so I was on the Say No More podcast and found out that him and Jake Faircloth have a little thing going on, a little beef going on, right? So... um. They reach out to me to go on live on Lake Street. Jake reaches out after I fucking basically have to throw rocks. Niggas don't just reach out and say, fam, that shows you don't know. How are you? You you not too much younger than me, fam. You might be my age. You might be my age or a couple years, maybe a year or something younger than me, fam. How do you not know if you're from Minnesota, fam? We know about everything you did, fam. There was nothing else but that. Street Kings ran the fucking world for like a year, fam. There's no way I can say I don't. So you don't know about Street Kings. If you're saying, no, we don't know about Street Kings. You don't know about Brown Child, B.C., the Red Sea. You don't know about my dope, smart music. You don't know about the fucking, you don't know about that shit? Rhyme Sayers. Okay, you don't know about Rhyme Sayers. You don't know about that. Zach and all of them. Come on, fam. You're, then you're out of touch. And if you don't know my position in that, then you're really out of touch. That's like not knowing Method Man and Wu-Tang Clan. Nigga, fuck you talking about? I understand you like Raekwon. I understand you like Ghostface, old dirty bastard and all them. But nigga, how you not going to know Method Man? Nigga, that's the M-E-T-H-O-D. Nigga, come on, man. He was the one in the studio. Give it. He run with that. You can have that. Everybody. Everybody gets songs and hooks. Everybody gets hooks and songs. It's the hook man. Everybody. That's what they call me. You don't know about that, nigga. What the fuck was you doing, nigga? So anyway, like I said, from all of them, for, for media to be how they got birth, they knew about me. You can't pretend. You can't lie to yourself. You can say, I'm not going to pay him no mind. I'm going to ignore him. And I'm going to, you can do that, but you can't lie to yourself. Khalid Alameen, we, Khalid Alameen, we know a lot of the same people running in the same circles. Troy Bell. Okay. Troy Bell dates my cousin. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing, fam. Oh, stop it, fam. Khalid Alameen with the fish fry spot over there on West Broadway that everybody went to. But again, they're all warm in there. What everybody's trying to do is be like the next Nori and I'm going to do it. Nobody's saying, fam, let's get the livest and the most livest personality person and put them in front of the camera. Everybody else, let's kind of find our positions. If you can't be in front of the camera, be a live wild person, if you can't control the mic, if you're not an MC, if you're not an A mic, you understand? Then this ain't for you. You need to learn. Watch Simba. Look what Simba Ali does. Watch. People scared to learn and watch and give me credit and say I'm a motherfucking god on this planet. Niggas want to act like we're the same. We're not the same. You're a human being. I'm no human. Not a human being. A goddamn alien. And everybody that fucks with my channel, we aliens over here. I'm taking over that fucking word from Outcast. Outcast was AT aliens. Taking it. We're aliens, fam. I swear to God, I'm different. Every time I come in contact with a human being, I know I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that, man. 
I swear to God, some I think aliens took my mom up to space and fucking and brought her down, and, and then something else happened because I'm not a human, fam. I don't think like you guys. I see the world different. I, the colors are different. I breathe different air. So anyway, yeah, man. So what happened? Oh yeah. So then the nigga Chef, I mean, I'll go on a tangent. So nigga, I go on live on Lake Street, right? My nigga Jake Faircloth, finally I fucking say, Jake, how you gonna do this for him? And he finally reaches out to Chef. So he has to reach out to the to the nigga. You see what I'm saying? I gotta make sure it's okay with Chef. So that lets you know he's the one that's running live on Lake Street. He's like, all right, all right, it's all good. I guess he called me. Something happened. Okay, we're gonna give him. You know they didn't want to. They didn't want to. But it was still the best show. You got to look at the comments. Look at my live on Lake Street interview and look in the comments. It'll say two, three, four, five times. This is the best live on Lake Street show I've ever seen. Nigga didn't get up there, look stupid. You can even see, you know how you can tell who's going to be a good guest on Live on Lake Street? Watch when they do the drop. Hey, you checking out Live on Lake Street? This is whoop, wop, wop, wop. Look at the energy and how you can tell everybody had to do it over and over and over again. Every time I watch somebody, see, that's how picky I am. I sit and watch their, um, they're cut for live on Lake Street. How do you talk? And they can't do it. You can see they're nervous. They're, they're fucking up there. Their interviews, all they're going to talk about, yeah, I was locked up. I was shot five times. Oh, you, so you got to get people with that. And does niggas still go all over that? You know how many niggas I know that have been shot, been to jail? been. I know too many street stories. I know too many fucking street stories. That's why I don't fucking watch hood movies. Nigga, why would I want to watch shit I know about? I watch mafia shit, shit I don't know. I like to be in worlds that I don't know about. Don't bring it to no hood movies and shit. Nigga, I don't want to see it. So that's that's how niggas win in podcasting is because they're able to tap into that gang stupid shit. And that's what Black Lives Matter. It's a revolving door. Black Lives Matter, stupid hood story, street culture, the white man's fault. We're all crying. It's a revolving door. And here I come talking about, man, stop fucking crying, nigga. So, yeah, I can understand how that might be abrasive i can understand how that might be not welcomed but what is welcomed is this fucking man this shirt is dope than a motherfucker man dope difference of opinions that push enlightenment and it says it right there that's the words right there difference of opinion that pushes enlightenment and i got the pot with the bunsen burner because we cooking up crack nigga and on the back crackola nigga man i'm telling you man Fuck what you buy. Fuck what you buy. Fuck what you buy. Um, what else? All right. So what was that about? <laughs> I don't know what that tangent called. I don't know what caused that tangent. I don't know what actually caused that tangent. Was that still on? Was that still on that? Oh, that was this. No, we didn't get to that. We didn't get to that. Let's get to that right now. What they say? Who the hell left the gate open? Little baby gets his butt cuffed. Little baby gets his butt cuffed. Little baby got his butt cuffed. Oh man, god damn it. Little baby gets butt cuffed. Oh, let me see, man. Let's see. Hold on, hold on, hold on. God damn it, little baby. We was just talking about you, man. You doing some questionable shit, brother. You doing some questionable shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You doing some questionable shit, bro. <laughs> Don't tell me somebody cuffed your cheese, little baby. Nah, nobody didn't cuff little baby's cheese. I'm not gonna believe it. They didn't cuff little baby's cheese. Nah, not gonna believe it. He's a gangster rapper. He's a drill rapper. He's hard. He's tough. He talks about shooting black men for no reason. He's, he's any he fuck with the Crips. Nah, man, he ain't. Uh, nobody's cuffing little baby's cheeks. I don't believe it. 
I think this is fake news. Like Donald Trump, fake news. This is fake news. Little baby gets his, what should I type in? Little baby gets his cheeks cuffed. Little baby. It's butt. No, hold on. <laughs> gets butt grabbed. YouTube's an evil place. Oh shit, they grabbed the cheese. Little baby got his cheese grabbed. Please. They're out here grabbing cheese. Look at this and tell me what little baby got going on. Please. Baby got his cheese grabbed. Look at this and tell me what little baby got going on. How we bring this up? How do we hold on, hold on? Somebody please oh, little babies out here getting this cheese. How many questions? This teacher said that this why are they trying to stop? Somebody please go over here and look at this and this tell me what little baby got going on. I'm gonna bring a better one up. I'm gonna bring a better one up. <laughs> little baby getting his cheese. Ready to grow your grab. online sales? Google Shopping ads now account for 76.4% of retail search ad spend in the U.S. That's why Equity Commerce's new fully automated Google advertising solution is designed to get your product. Come on, my nigga. Stop it. Stop it. Who grabbed nigga's cheese? All this money. You guys got me. Them fucking thumbnails will get you, man. Them thumbnails, you think you got a good video, nigga? It's not. They trying to hide. Look, this ain't nowhere. This should be everywhere. Little baby got his cheese grab. Fuck it. It's a short. That's why it looks funny. Huh? Somebody please come over here and look at this and tell me what little baby got going on. Please. We got a problem. Damn, B. Somebody please come over here. Look at this nigga getting his grabbing his joints, man. Y'all know if y'all can see that. But look at it and type it in. Little baby getting his butt grab. Y'all tell me. But what's going on in here, man? Bad time to be a nigga. Please. It's a bad Somebody time. There was probably no time. Even when we got all this access now, we still now we can't get it right. Now we're fucking off the church's money. Yeah, now we're fucking off the church's money. We should be, man, taking over. We're fucking up. Fucking up the pot. Fucking up the pot. Fucking up the pot. Let's see what's going on in the chat.
Y'all make sure y'all fuck with the boy. Put it up there. Put it up there. Put it up there. <laughs> I'm funny the motherfucker. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. I think I'm gonna do I can't wait. To, I want to do stand-up comedy, man. <clears throat> I had to wait till my shoulder gets a little bit better. Cause I wanted to do it before, but I had the cast on them. Like somebody might run up here and try to say something for what I say. Cause I'm finna, I'm finna put, I'm finna take it there, nigga. Yeah, I'm finna take it there, nigga. I just want to do it. I think I'll be a good stand-up comedy. I think I'll be a good stand-up comedian. I think I'll be funny. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do some open mic shit and just see. But I had to wait for the fucking shoulder. Float like a butterfly, sting like a motherfucking bee. <laughs> Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Muhammad motherfucking Lee. Yeah, I'm finna try some comedy, man. See if I can get that popping, man. That could give me a new audience, too. Because then if I make people laugh on stage, then, of course, they're going to be like, hey, man, who are you? What are you doing? I mean, that podcast, now I got a whole new audience of people. I think, I, and that's what I got to do. I got to grab my balls and stop being scared, too. I probably could have been doing it. I've been a little bit nervous. But fuck that, nigga. I'm finna do some stand-up comedy, man. I'm finna go hit an open mic real soon. Like within the next month, in the next month, I'm gonna hit at least do one stand up comedy. I'm just gonna dip out. I'm just gonna take off and say, "Look, I'm out." I'm just gonna go and just wait and do it and get up there and do it and run my shit off and see how it is, man. And I think I'll be making motherfuckers laugh, man. Especially if I can get some like material, if I can really like put material together, because I'm an intricate, methodical motherfucker. You know, I'm an intricate, methodical motherfucker. You let me put some shit together, nigga. Like I said, I don't just put together words, rhymes, and fucking monologues, podcasts, topics. I don't just put together clothing designs. I don't just put together people. I don't just put I put together anything, nigga. So you say, okay, let me structure a little show. How long do I got? You got three minutes. Okay, three minutes? I'm finna kill niggas in three minutes. I'm finna have niggas shitting on they self. <laughs> finna have niggas shitting on they self. Like, this nigga's stupid. This nigga is funny than a motherfucker. And now I got a whole new way to fish people in with my material. Now I can get people in. That's what I'm going to do. Because it's hard to get people in. You got to do something. You know what I'm saying? As much as I like streaming and streaming and streaming, I still need to do something to pull people. And it's like, fam, if I go out there and make people laugh, that shit, they'll be like, man, what do you, man, I podcast, man, check out the podcast. Oh, nigga, all day we can have access to this one. Yeah, nigga, all day. Nigga, at least 8 o'clock. From 8 o'clock. I don't know what to tell you any other time, but from 8 o'clock. Nigga, you can have access. Eight o'clock, I go live and I just be talking shit. I'm actually funnier than you. That's the funniest shit you said. That's probably some funny shit that you just said. She said, I'm actually funnier than you. That right there was comedy. So yeah, you you getting funnier. You getting funnier by that right there. That was pure comedy right there. Ha 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 laughing the spit of my stomach. Nobody's funnier than me, Leetee. Nobody. Nobody's funnier than me, nigga. Nobody's funnier than me. I ain't been around a nigga who's funnier than me, nigga. Probably Montani Yell. Montani Yell might be a silly nigga. Nathaniel Bread. Yeah, Montani Yell might be funnier than me. He the only nigga I've been around that's like, all right, nigga. No, Bruce. Bruce, too. Bruce is a silly nigga. Bruce is a silly nigga. Bruce is a silly <laughs> nigga. <laughs> yep, them two niggas is some. They, they had a whole room laughing. I, them is two niggas that I actually bit a lot of my shit from. So you got to know how to steal. You got to know who the funny motherfuckers is and just see how they work room. I used to just sit and watch Mataniel and Bruce work a room. How they do it. What do they do? How does it happen? 
And now I'm like, okay, I'm taking a little bit of that, take a little bit of that, putting a little bit of mine in there that I'm naturally am because I'm always a natural motherfucker. I've always been a natural class clown. Yeah, I've always been a natural for op symbols for to make us laugh wherever we're at. If we're on the back of the bus, if we're in school, wherever we're road trip, symbols gonna fucking do it. I was in the street king van with a bunch of Chicago niggas. Only Minnesota nigga was me and Quincy. I swear to God, I'm not even lying. I have ever three vans. We had three vans when we went to Atlanta down south, full of Chicago niggas. And Chicago niggas like to crack jokes. A nigga named J-Mo, who worked in Harold's Chicken Shack with me. And a lot of, and then some Minnesota niggas came down. They couldn't hack it because I'm telling you, these Chi Town niggas, all they do, all the Chicago niggas is crack jokes all day long, nigga. That's all they do is crack jokes. You better not slip one bit. There's plenty of slip between a couple of lip, and you better not do none of it. Nigga on everything because they gonna they gonna give it to you. So I used to have to go back and forth with them niggas, and I start making niggas laugh and shit like, oh, this nigga symbol. That was my thing. They was like, nigga, this Minnesota nigga actually knows how to crack jokes like us. You know what I'm saying? This nigga get in here and start making our best niggas one. Like, niggas was want to kick my ass. I almost got in a couple fights and shit because I was doing a little bit too much. And so a couple of shot town niggas was like, hey, nigga, hey, fo, who is this nigga for? And they's like, hey, chill out. That's Malcolm, nigga. We, you know, we can't fuck. If he fuck up, it's the money, nigga. He making it all happen. And you can see niggas looking like, man, I'll beat your ass. You keep cracking. Well, nigga, don't crack jokes on me, nigga. I don't start shit, nigga, but I don't fucking run from shit either, nigga. I learned that at an early age. I ran for my first, I think, two fights, two, three fights. I was like, fuck that, nigga. I don't like that feeling, nigga. Let me try this fighting feeling and just see what this feels like. Because I know being a bitch-ass coward, I know what that feeling feels like. Yeah, first time I got in a fight was, I think, Aaron. Because I did something to a sister. I said something. I didn't know it was a sister. Big-ass Aaron. Aaron was a big-ass nigga. He was in, like, the seventh or sixth grade. Aaron was, like, six foot four. His brother was Big D. His brother was Big D. Aaron Sims. Yep. If you guys know what I'm talking about, Aaron Sims, Big D, his brother. He has sisters. Cassandra, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I, I think I cracked a joke or something on the sister. And Aaron was like, nigga, that's my sister. Nigga, nigga, punched me in my motherfucking stomach on the back of the bus. Nigga, I fell to the ground and just laid there, nigga. I didn't want to know more where that punch came from, nigga. That was one punk. And then my, um, who else punked me? Somebody else. Oh, uh, my friend Anton's. My friend Anton's older brother. It's always the older guy. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think Aaron was older. Aaron was my same age. He was just bigger than I was. Nigga, that nigga was a grown-ass man, nigga. He shouldn't have been on the school bus with us little-ass kids. <laughs> he shouldn't have been hitting on me, nigga. I should have fucking stabbed that nigga with a pig poker. Yeah, I should have popped Aaron's ass, man. I should have fucking popped Aaron fucking around, nigga. Aaron fucking around with me, nigga. I should have poppy popped his motherfucking top back, nigga. I should have popped Aaron's motherfucking top back, nigga. I'm just playing. I'm just joking. I ain't would never kill a nigga. I'm just having fun. But yeah, he was way too big to be on the bus with us. I should have hit his ass with a weapon. I should have grabbed a weapon. But he punched me in my stomach, nigga. I fell down. And then, yep, Justin's brother fucking punched me in the face, nigga. And I just, I dipped off and ran. And everybody, that was the worst feeling in the world. I went back to the hood and everybody thought I was a bitch-ass nigga. I felt like a bitch-ass nigga. I was like, this is a whole-ass feeling, man. Because I was always used to talking, but I didn't know the fighting shit. And, and it's not even the fighting. Because it is, it was a little bit, but like, I didn't know how to fight my homies either. That's another thing, because we was cool. So I didn't know, like, how do we fight me homies, nigga? We, we really like best friends, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of, it was a lot of hood shit where I just didn't understand about fighting. I was in a fight, I was a little, I was scared to fight. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. We're gonna keep it a beat. I used to be scared of the motherfucker to fight, nigga. I used to think that, like, fighting was like, 
how they how it's portrayed in the movies. Like, oh my God, he's gonna punch me and blood's gonna fly out and I'm gonna fly through the glass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I forgot I got my first fight. I was disappointed, nigga. I was like, that shit was poop pat, poop pat, poop pat, poo, 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 bat, poo, hoo, poo, 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 bat, poo, bat, poo, bat, poo, And then it's a rap, nigga. I was like, nigga, that was nothing like the movie. Nigga, I could do this all day, nigga. Yeah, I got hit like, got my two chipped. And then I start realizing I wasn't made of glass. And then I start really fighting. And that's when that's when people start seeing me, you know, when niggas like, how did you learn how to hit the bags? Nigga, cuz, nigga, I got nice. Nigga, after I get, you can only get your ass whooped so many times, nigga, or me. You know, I come from a lineage of people that usually hand out ass whoopings. You know, people from my bloodline don't take ass whoopings too much. We usually hand them out. So I had me taking them. It only took a couple before I was like, fam, I can't. Let me at least try. Let me see what I'm made of. If I throw everything I got at somebody and they just fucking jump off the wall on some ninja shit, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm finna go for it. And when I start going for it, I was like, damn, I'm good at this shit, fam. I can see punches. That's one thing I really understood about fighting. I can see punches. Everything slows down if you learn how to use your fear. You have to use your fear. Fear is a superpower. Somebody, I was wondering... I used to get so scared that fear would paralyze me. Whenever it came time to fight, because I went to some badass schools. I went to Hall. <laughs> nigga, I went to Ann Watton. Nigga, man, y'all some squares, nigga. That's, that's why I'm saying, man, y'all niggas is some squares. You niggas try to act like, because I'm, nigga, I went to Hall. I went to Ann Watton. I went to Sanford. Motherfucker, I went to Wilder, contemporary, not fundamental, even though they're both in the same, but contemporary is where the bad kids went Wilder. Fundamentals is when you can, you know, I was in contemporary, nigga. I've been through some shit, nigga, where I was like, okay, nigga, we're going to have to scrap. You're going to have to learn how to scrap. And once I started learning that, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm good at this, at fighting. Then guns came in, and I was not that. That's where I drew the line, at guns. I like I'm not a gun shooting, kill my own black people. I can't kill black people. My mom um had embedded too much black love into me to where I couldn't I could fight. And it took me a long time to realize how that, like I said, a lot of my apprehensiveness. Well, let me get back to fear. Fear used to paralyze me. I used to get so scared that I would freeze up and I couldn't breathe and I felt like I couldn't swing and I felt like my 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 muscles was gone I I just I don't know what was wrong I would get so scared when it came time to somebody wanting to fight me and it wasn't until I started to you know box I went to the circle of discipline over there by Lake Street over there by South High and I started to work with a boxing coach and he's the one that started to show me and let me know that the guy across from me was just as scared as you are um Fear is in every person. You're not the only person that feels fear because you're a coward. These are the things that he told me. I was like, huh, I didn't understand these things. This is why I'm such in love with like MMA. People are like, why do you watch MMA and mixed martial arts and all this stuff is because when I started to understand what comes with fighting, what is fighting about? Because I nobody taught me that. I didn't have a dad to teach me like that. My dad wasn't in the house how I am with Cinco. I didn't have an older brother. I didn't have nobody that took my hand as a as a boy and brought me into manhood like, hey, nigga, this is what it's about, being a man. Nobody ever did that for me. I had to figure everything out by myself, and I grew up with a lot of women. So I had to seek man information. Look, I'm a man. How do I conduct myself? I keep getting in these situations. I like to, I'm not, I, I'm witty. I'm a smart mouth kind of guy, but that keeps getting me in situations where niggas that are 
not as smart as I am keep punking me. You know what I mean? And I'm scared. I'm scared to fight. What, what, what do I do? So then he started to work with me. He was like, well, let me see your fighting stance. And I used to, I think I used to do the, you know, niggas used to do that. You know, niggas used to fight and go back and forth and shit. And he's like, stop, 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 stop. What hand are you? He's like, what you hit, what's your hard hitting hand? My hand is my right hand. Okay, you put that back, back here. This hand, you keep this hand right here. This hand is to block your face. You know what I mean? This hand is your jab. And then he started to walk. The guy walked me through boxing, hitting all, and I went through the whole thing. And then he started to talk to me about everybody's scared. Everybody's scared, man. He's like, fear is a superpower. It's the superpower given to us from the gods. That's how it was explained to me. I had a great teacher. I had a fucking great teacher. Uh, his name was Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey. He also taught karate over by Wilder. That's how I originally met him. His name was Ken Griffey. I remember that because I was like, like the fucking uh, fuck uh, material. Tell what's from the heart. Let us kick it and smoke a few. Have your ribs hurting. <laughs> fuck material. No, you got to have material, though. You can't. Sometimes when you get good, I think when you get good like Dave Chappelle, how he can just walk out there and just do shit. Then you can just say, I've, 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 I've made my bones in this com com comedy world. But when you're just getting off, you want to have some kind of an outline. It, and why? Because that'll make you feel comfortable. It's all about your comfort on stage. And if I know I got an AK-47, then I'm comfortable when it's time to shoot. If I know that I'm just I'm just going out here with no gun, if niggas start shooting, then I'm fucked. I know I got this AK in the back pocket. So even if I want to go out there and freelance and it's not working, I can always have something to go back on. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, boxing coach Ken Griffey, man, told me everybody's scared, man, and fear is a superpower. Nigga, he said, you got to use it, nigga. When you start feeling scared, use it it's like it's like a fire if you don't control the fire nigga it'll burn the whole house up but if you can control the fire it'll it can you can cook a pizza with the oven you can turn the heat on when it gets cold you can heat up some water maybe cold water warm see the things you can do with a fire if you control it but if you let it control you it can burn the house down you leave the oven on it'll burn the house down if you leave the hot water on it'll burn you know what i'm saying and that's what he told me. And it made sense to my brain. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm a very logical person. I just didn't have the information. All the information that I had growing up came from women. I didn't have man telling me, hey, guys. So anytime I would come across a man, I would be very, very apt to listen to what it is that they're talking about and try to peel lessons from them. So I'm surprised when people don't, the younger generation doesn't listen the way I used to. Because I would come, huh, what you talking about? So they put it in terms I understand, fam. The house warming, I get it now. So yeah, he's scared. Yeah, he's scared too. You know what I mean? He doesn't know what the fuck you're going to do. Once you start to act scared, that's when his confidence grows. The coward and the hero is the same person. It's only what the coward does that separates him from the hero. The coward runs. The hero stands and fights. That's the only difference. There's no difference in how they were made. There's no difference in their blood. They both got red blood. You see what I'm saying? They're made up of bones, humans, and flesh. It's only what the hero or the coward does that separates him. The hero knows he might get hurt. He's going to stay and fight. The coward runs. So I was like, I get it. I get it. I get suspended every time when I fight. And grandpa used to whoop my ass. Every time when I fight, grandpa used to whoop my ass. Every time I got in the street fight, especially if I was fighting a boy. Yeah, because girls don't got no business fighting. Girls don't have any business fighting. They don't have could because you can only beat so many boys. You don't want to pick up bad habits. 
I'm out here fighting, then I'm, if that's my way and I like doing that, then see, I think fighting should be the last final resort, which is why you see the best martial artists. They don't go out looking for fights. They're always like, hey, man, hey, hey, stop. Hey, man, please, everybody stop. All right, pop right to the neck. Like, I tried. I don't want to do this, man. You know, and that's what it is because they know I can't keep doing this. There's going to be somebody that's better than me. And if I keep going out there looking for fights, especially with boys as a girl, what happens when I come across a guy that really dog walks me? And hurts me. See what I'm saying? I need to learn how to be a lady. That's what girls need to do. How do I be a lady and exude respect? How do I know how to pull away from masculinity? This guy is be becoming too masculine. He, his, his emotions is flaring. Let me get myself away from the situation so I don't get hurt because, you know, I can punch him in his face, of course, and that'll make me feel better punching him across his face for what he said. But who knows where that leads? Why? I know where if I leave and get in my car now, I know where this is going to lead. This is going to lead to a whole nother situation as being apart from each other. See what I'm saying? So I don't. So that's all. But uh, yeah, man, man, listen here, man. Listen, 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 man. I, I, that's what I want to say. That was my whole point. Who are these podcasters? What fights have you been in? Have you ever been in a fight ever in a group fight? Did you fight ever? Because we was out there scrapping every day. nigga. We went to all the clubs. I was out there when. Uh, Dipset came and the nigga got stabbed downtown. Yeah, I was there for everything. They got built this city with these hands. Minneapolis was built with these hands and that black ass nigga's hands right there. That nigga right there. He was like the sensei that brought hip hop to me. He was like the fucking Elijah Muhammad to my Malcolm X. That's what B.C was. He was the one that was before, but he recognized it in me and he didn't hate. That was Quincy's best, one of his greatest greatnesses was he was one of the first people that didn't come across me and start being like, oh, he ain't street. I can, like, everybody used to find something like, oh, nigga, you ain't street, you can't. They didn't recognize this nigga's special, fam. This nigga is very, very special. Fuck the street shit. Okay, street shit don't apply to him. You can't measure him by street shit, but goddamn, look at this is a great dude. He could probably change our family legacy. If we can figure out a way to kind of get behind this dude, this dude could have a talent to change our family legacy. He could. Or we can keep not, you know, acting like we don't see him. Or we can forget and, you know, not nurture his talents and he can go off and figure it out by himself, which is what I did. Because I refused to lose, nigga. I figured it out by my motherfucking self. And that's what I did. Taught myself how to rap. Quincy sent me home with some tapes. Nigga, you finna be an MC, nigga, because Monk, you special, nigga. I know you got a special brain. I'm around you. You talk. You're a special dude. If we can get you into the camera in front of some people, nigga, I think somebody might want to throw some money at us. So that nigga groomed me into a hip-hop artist, nigga. I was not a hip-hop artist. I was a guy that used to play with the, this white dude named Michael Norton. We used to play Wolverine and comic books. We used to read comic books. I was a comic book nigga. Yeah, man, I was a comic book nigga. I used to sit and read comic books. And Quincy came, what are you doing, my nigga? <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? I'm reading comic books. What comic books you reading, Simba? Oh, the Avengers and Wolverine. Hey, man, well, look, I'm going to the pool over here. There's this girl. You see that girl right there? She lets everybody grab on her joints, man. Come on. You coming with us? Oh, uh, no, thanks, Q. I'm going to sit here and we're going to fucking listen to comic books and watch comic books. <laughs> Quincy was like, uh, and everybody else. I remember. See, Dave, that's why I say my book. I could do a book. My movie would be better, though, because you would have to visually see it. Because I remember from my eyes. I have to say, no, that's not what they did. I could direct the movie. Because I remember all the kids looking at Quincy like, man, come on, man. Leave that bitch-ass nigga, that square-ass funny. He's playing with the white dude, Michael Norton, man. It was all the black kids in the West Bank. All the black kids that was on black nigga shit. It was on black nigga shit. 
nigga exploring cowboy my stupid little square scared no guy having around you know i didn't have men to make me into a man i didn't have no man around i had a bunch of my mom my mom and my mom was kind of she wasn't sheltered my mom didn't shelter me but you know mom can only you know I me mean? so yeah nigga. and i remember quincy just looking at me i remember them all the rest of the kids just walked off and quincy just sat there and looked at me and i remember we had we had like a stare that's why he's my best friend man that's why Quincy, rest in peace. I miss you so much, man. I can't. His his death like took a piece that'll never be back to me. We just recently lost Miss Blue too. I lost Miss Blue while I was in uh, Vegas. When I took the family to Vegas, I was literally in the airport on the day of her funeral. But um, uh, yeah, back to back back to Q. He um he was the one, and he just sat there and looked at me like, "Are you sure you don't want to come with what kind?" Quincy couldn't understand it. Quincy's a nigga. Quincy's a Negro. Quincy's 100% Negro. He's not cut with any additives or preservatives. I got a lot of Native American. I might have some colonizer white blood in me. I don't know what's in me, but a lot of things come into what made me who I am. Quincy Blue is a Negro. So when he seen me with a white dude on the porch with comic books, he couldn't under. It wasn't like he couldn't understand it. He sat there like, what? He, huh? She's going to let us fill on it. And then we're going to go... We're finna go have fun, my nigga. You finna sit here with this dude? So anyway, I was like, no, nah, Quincy, I ain't going. They went, had fun, but Quincy constantly st stayed persistent. It was like I was his project. Damn, I'm giving a fucking gym, man. Fuck, fucking, I'm gonna give it away. But I was like my nigga Q's project. He was gonna niggerize me. You know what I'm saying? Because I was away from my dad's side of the family. So once my mom moved over south, my developmental years, I wasn't around my dad's side of the family, who is 100% Negro. My dad's side of the family, again, they like Quincy. They Negro. My dad's side of the family is Negro. 100% down south, no cut, Negro, Negro, Negro. But I didn't get a lot of that. I was over south with my mom and, you know, the multiculturalism and all that kind of shit. We had white friends, Carrie and Andre. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, my brother, Cortez, Quarterman, he was over north. He didn't grow up with none of that shit. My sister, Nora, she didn't grow up with none of that shit. So I was some. my mom had took me over. My mom was like, oh, hell no. She had to do it. My mom had to make a move because she was over north originally. That's why I say I was born over north, nigga. At the age of eight, I moved to the West Bank. You know what I mean? My mom said, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do this. Nope, nope. She Just like me with Cinco. The same thing I did with Cinco, nigga. I refused, nigga. I can't have my son around this nigga ghetto. Somebody kill him. Nah, no. He's going to be in a gang. They're waiting to recruit him at 13. Yeah, he's going to be with the East Side. No, not Cinco. Not, nope. He's going to be smoking weed in cars, selling dope. Nope, 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 nope. So my mom did exactly what I did. Nope, give me my baby. She ran to the West Bank. She ran as far away as she could to the South Side. She landed in the West Bank. She looked around. It was nice white folks and nice orchards and shit. She's like, yep, right here. There was a couple niggas there. That was my niggas. But for the moment, but that's the Riverside because the Riverside Project. So that's where all the niggas was. That's where Quincy was going. Quincy loved the, the Riverside Project. We stayed in the West Bank, which was a beautiful community, but it was only about four blocks away from the Riverside Project. That's where Quincy liked to hang the projects. That's where all the people from Chicago that weren't going over to North Minneapolis, they were coming into the to the um, Riverside projects. This is before the Ethiopians. Now you look at it and you be like, oh, the Ethiopians run it. Now the, you be like, oh, the Ethiopians run it. But no, it was Chicago niggas. So do you ever think about remastering your first 
solo CD. That shit was trash. That shit was trash. I just keep it as a as a, like memorability. I said a couple tight things on there, but it, lyrically it just wasn't that. It wasn't that good. I, I never got to be good at rap. I'm way better at podcasting than I ever was at rap. I never got to be good at rap. I would I didn't get to sit in the studio and create my own sound. I was still in, in the process of finding myself and I never got to jump that hump of, you know what I mean, of really coming up with a sound. So I don't I my rap career, I don't, you know, I don't a lot of people think whatever of it, but for me, I'm like, I didn't really, that was still a baby to me. I was a baby in rap when the rap career died as a baby for me. It wasn't like I got like albums in. It wasn't like I got to build. You know what I mean, I was still young. I was sounding like Jay Z on this record, sounding like Tupac on this record, sounding like you know I was heavily influenced. I hadn't been in the studio and come up with my own sound. I used to bump the shit. I used to bump the shit out of. It. I know it was that was. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I used to bump the shit out of that. My dopes, my music. I ain't gonna lie. That was a, It was all right. It was. It was good. It was good. It was all right. My uh, about face is my favorite one because that was really showed who I was like the revolutionary, like, oh, this dude's a fucking problem. Like, that was my, you know, uh, I, I just really like about face, all the songs on there. I did it myself, like, I really was hands on, and everybody in the studio was scared. They kept saying, They're not gonna play this, man. You, man, you're talking about kidnapping the president Bush, and man, you're, you're talking some revolutionary shit. Can't you just make some radio songs, man? I was like, Fuck the radio, nigga. I'm a goddamn revolutionary. That's why I say when people try to, when I started to come out podcasting and talking and shit, and niggas started to be like, Monk, you're lost. I looked at all them people like, you're stupid. You never read a book in your, I'm the revolutionary nigga. I'm the nigga that's out here with a whole library full of revolutionary books and shit. I'm the one that brought hidden colors to my friends. I'm the one that brought message to the black man to all my friends. I'm the nigga that started talking this esoteric. I'm the first one. None of you guys talked it to me. That's what I was shocked at. I kept like, oh, so I'm saying I fuck with Trump. I'm saying don't put a mask on. The vaccine is fake. I'm saying Joe Biden is a racist fucking senator from Delaware. I'm saying Black Lives Matter is three lesbian bitches and a man with a big dick and balls don't follow three lesbian bitches nowhere except to the bedroom. That's it. It's the only place that a, that a heterosexual man will follow three lesbian bitches is to the bedroom to do some freaky shit. Yeah, don't tell me what to do as far as leadership. Fuck Black Lives Matter. I said all that shit when I started my podcast. Fuck George Floyd. I don't give a fuck about no junk. You guys ain't finna. And so they were like, oh, Simba. You see what I'm saying? Nobody said, so what are you talking about? Let, let's talk to you, bro. Well, when I say I don't give a fuck about George Floyd, because we as black people don't give a fuck about George Floyd. If we cared about George Floyd, he wouldn't have died in a car with two dope fiend white bitches high off meth. Why couldn't George Floyd get on the phone and call Steven Jackson? Steven Jackson, I'm hurt right now, man. Can you send a nigga $100? Why couldn't all the people? But I know the dope fiend. I know what it's like. My dad, I'm not going to go into, but I've seen how people do dope fiends when they're in there. No, he nigga can't get a pack of cigarettes, man. I seen it with my own eyes. So everybody can suck my dick because it hits home for me. Nobody wanted to understand that. When I start saying fuck George Floyd, the junkie bitch, I'm the, no, I was just doing kind of what Charleston White does. I was saying back what I see the community say to the junkies because it hits home to me because I seen it with my own eyes when, uh, when a junkie or somebody that's on drugs can't get cigarettes. Cigarettes. Cigar fucking rats, nigga. Cigarettes, man. Don't talk to me about no George Floyd, that we care about him, that we want a statue because I see junkies that can't get cigarettes and george floyd couldn't get cigarettes either 
He didn't have a person in his life. He was in the same position that I see junkies and they can't fuck that junkie. Nigga, he just gonna smoke it up. You dope fiend ass nigga. Come fix the door. Call him to come fix some shit. Come fix the door. My roof broke. Skip. And, eh. Shut the fuck up. We don't care about junkies. And I don't care about junkies because I sold drugs to them. My friends, don't, don't. let's not act like we care about junkies to white people to get them to pet us. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to act like we care about junk. We don't. George Floyd died on some junkie shit. He's not a fucking hero. And why he was on junkie shit is because we have failed him as a community. We as a community let him walk around our community on junkie shit. Didn't grab him and pull him like Ice-T did. Remember when Ice-T grabs, you know, Pookie and try to pull him now? If a nigga go back, a nigga go back. But as a community, we're not just going to let you walk around on junkie shit all day. So that was my whole thing with George Floyd. Nobody ever really wanted to get into it and have a good conversation about why are you saying that, Simba? Uh, you know, like, really, because I know you got junkies. You know, we come. Come on, bro. Why would you say fuck that junkie like that? Well, let me tell you why. Because the black community says it every day. There's a George Floyd walking around right now. He just asked his auntie, went by his sister's house. He asked his son. He asked his oldest son. He asked his youngest son. Get your dope fiend ass, you fucking dope fiend, nigga. That's a dope fiend, nigga. They probably throw him three, four dollars. Get on out of here. Can, can't get cigarettes. Can he get Kenny? Is the family making sure he has a place to stay? Is the family putting together, making sure he's in rehab? Do we care about him? Maybe we can't give him everything, but are we sure we care about him? You ain't out here in the world by yourself. Then the motherfucker dies and then he turns into a hero. Same thing I just seen. While he was alive walking around, right? My mom took care. He's at my mom's house all the time. My mom, 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 my mom. He's at my mom. My mom gives him place to live. My mom got the cigarettes for him. My mom makes sure he can eat. My mom, my mom, my mom. Then he gets sick. Then everybody, he turns into this goddamn, same thing happened with my dad. I'm saying this the podcast. I can't do it. Same thing happened with my father. Fucking everybody. Oh, we love Skip. Does he have a headstone in the statue? We love. If you love him, why won't you guys do things to show that you fucking love him then? When he's alive, walking around. Why dead? Why do we wait till people die? Malcolm X has to get killed, and then we love him. When he's alive, he's getting chased by the Muslims. Tupac, when he's alive, he gets shot in New York, and he gets black women calling him for rape. The second that he dies, he's, oh, we love Tupac. Quincy Blue, when Quincy Blue was alive, everybody called him goofy. Everybody was, Quincy Blue was one of the most critiqued and hated person I've ever seen in my life. Nothing Quincy could do was right. Man, that nigga thinks he's too, everything they say about him, he thinks he's too modest. The nigga's putting the chain in his mouth. Uh, just overly criticized. Quincy's doing too much. Quincy's doing too much. Quincy's doing too much. Monk, you the one. Simba, you the best one. You the best one. Quincy passes away. Oh, he's a god. I'm still alive. Now I'm the villain. I see this shit, fam. I can see it. That's why people are so full of shit. I don't even, I just play with people now. We're just going to play and have fun. But what you're not going to do is actually make me think you're tough. You're a gangster. You're black. You're a revolutionary. You care. You're not none of those things. You're a piece of shit. You'll do anything for money. And that's what I think about 99% of people that I come across. You'll do anything for money. You'll be nice to me for money. You'll be mean to me for money. You'll set me up for money. You'll kill me for money. You'll Anything that's attached to money. No, Nothing that we do anymore is attached to the spirit and to the person. If I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. There's no money that can make me fuck with you. If I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you, bro. And if I do fuck with you, there's nothing that you could say your opinion wise as far as politics, as far as society, as far as hip hop music, 
as far as come on, there's nothing you can say regarding that that's gonna make me feel any different about you. You have to do something to me personally to change that. But nigga, I got to see people's real raw. I got to see the real rawness. So that's why I am the way that I am. It took a lot. That's why I say it takes a lot to get to where I am. It takes a lot. So then, yeah, damn, I spilled. I spilled the beans on this episode. This was therapy. This pot. This shit. This shit is turning into therapy. I swear to God, this shit turned into therapy. I'm gonna upload this episode. And by the way, to everybody that's listening, I'm not gonna turn every single episode live stream into a podcast episode because some are different. Some are good. I'm gonna pick the best one, the one I like the most. Like, oh, that was good. Like this one. I think I might put this one out there. I said a lot in this podcast that I hadn't said before. But yeah, man, niggas can't get me with the old George Floyd and the old hood. Oh, rest in peace. We love. Shut up. The fuck up. You're going to fuck his bitch. As soon as that nigga dies, you're going to fuck his bitch. There is no loyalty. There's no love. We move like white people. We move like racist white people, not even current white people. Because current white people are fucking starting to get attached to God and be nice. And they might go to heaven. I didn't think I, I bet you my dad, man, probably, man, ain't gonna be no white people in heaven. Y'all too fucking evil, man. Not anymore. White people are just as nice and as sweet. This is the pride. That's why, man, this is the perfect time for black folks to try to do something because it wouldn't be burned out. White folks say, let them have it. We build Black Wall Street. Go ahead, have it, man. We're not gonna burn it down. Go ahead and have it. I can't say that some racist white guys off the hips. I can't say some racist rural guys aren't gonna come and cause some trouble and try to do some things. But the, but the government using its bombs and its missiles to burn it? No, no. No, no, no. You can work. You're good. Build. Go ahead and build your black Wall Street. Go ahead. Do your thing. Go ahead and build your black communities. Go ahead and build your black banks. There is a black bank. Isn't the black? I'm about to start banking with them. Isn't like first first bank or something? Something. It's a black bank. Damn. What is it? United. It's like United something. I just seen. I was like, oh, it's a black bank. I'm about to bank. I'm moving all my funds. Yep. You goddamn right. What is the bank? Damn. I'm finna look this up. Hold on one second. One second, you guys, because this shit is crazy. I was like, what? United Bank? Is that is that it? Damn, what is the, what is the name of that fucking bank, man? It's a is that one? Is it one? One United Bank. There it is. Yep, one United, one United Bank. Yep, one United Bank. That's a fucking affirm. That's a black United Bank. Before I go, I want you guys to hear this though, because I talked about Barack Obama and people get mad because I said fuck that half African bitch. But nigga. I'm trying to tell you guys, shit is real. Listen to this. Story will blow your mind. Quick modern history lesson, kind of. In a recent interview, Tucker Carlson said, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men and smoking crack. What? We've been hearing the rumblings, the whispers, the conspiracy theories, but this was clear. Crack? This nigga Barack Obama has been driving around getting head from a guy smoking crack. This is what he was doing during the term. Simba Ali, how do you know that Trump's a good guy? Because do you see what they're putting him through? They cover up what the evil guys do. When the wicked do wicked shit, the media covers it up. How don't how come this isn't all over the media? Barack Obama sucking dick, smoking crack during his election. Why? Because he's with the bad guys. Do not tell that story. Why is it that Trump is all over the news being hounded and pushed in jail for fucking with bitches? Well, because he might be. It might be because he's fighting the bad guys. Yeah, this nigga Barack Obama sucking dick and smoking crack. Barack smoking crack, bro. The first black president sucking dick and smoking crack, nigga. I rather. That's why I say Trump's the first black president. And anybody that disagrees with me, 
um, fuck you with handcuffs on and crazy glue on your lips. Barack Obama was not the first black president. I'm not owning no niggas sucking dick and smoking crack. This nigga smoking crack, Marion Barry. He's a Marion Barry. Listen to this guy. Oh, oh, sorry, hold up. There must be some evidence to back it up. And there is. To be clear, what two consenting adults do behind closed doors is their prerogative. Yeah. However, to learn that there was such a radical story I had not heard before, I got curious. So the smoking gun whistleblower conspiracy theorist was a man by the name of Larry Sinclair. According to his 2008 press conference, this is an alleged chain of events. During his media day, he provided all the dates, phone numbers, exact locations, times, names, and descriptions. On November 6, 1999, while traveling to Chicago, Larry Sinclair was introduced to Barack Obama via limo service. Senator Obama purchased for Larry an eight ball of Coke, took a glass pipe out of his pocket, and smoked crack cocaine while getting orally serviced by Larry and went back to his hotel. This nigga, you hear what Barack Obama did in 1999? So you guys look up this Larry guy. I'm not going to play it back, but I forget his name. I'll look it back. But Larry, whatever, and Barack Obama. So he's probably already out on podcast telling this story. You go look it up and see if you feel like, oh, this nigga's lying, looking for clout, or whoa, I'm feeling like real human beings. That we're, huh, we're beautiful creatures. Human beings, you guys are beautiful creatures. You can feel intuition if you let it work. You can look at somebody and say they're full of shit. Like when Megan the Stallion told her story, I said full of shit. I said it from the beginning. That was another thing that I took a lot of heat from. Now, it turns out that Tory's in jail, but it doesn't really feel like he's really guilty, does it? Doesn't it feel like something's wrong? Somebody lied, and doesn't it feel like that? And I said that at the beginning. But anyway, we're here with Barack Obama, and this nigga's sucking dick and smoking crack. Bought an eight ball of crack. God damn, eight eight ball? That nigga spent the 250. Is it 150 for an eight ball back in 1999? I don't know. We'll continue. On November 7th, 1999, Senator Obama appeared at his hotel room unannounced, uninvited, and they partied and performed yet again. Fast forward to September 2007. Larry Sinclair attempted to contact the Obama presidential campaign and demand that Obama correct his stated drug use record to reflect his use of crack cocaine in November 1999. In early October 2007, Larry Sinclair received a call from a Mr. Young who was attempting to so everybody go look up Larry Sinclair. That's the guy's name who was smoking an eight ball with Barack Obama. Look up Larry Sinclair, Barack Obama. You look it up. I'm just here to bring Figure out the identities of anyone Larry had contacted concerning his 1999 allegations. For the next couple of months, there was a series of calls and texts from Mr. Young in regards to the allegations and statements. December 23rd, 2007, an openly gay choir director of Obama's church was murdered execution style. His name, Donald Young. During Larry Sinclair's press conference, he stated he 100% believed the Obamas were nefariously involved. I don't know it's true or false. Larry Sinclair has a known criminal history, which he fully admitted to and addressed. He has taken polygraph tests, which he claims the media only showed the manipulated results and chose not to report the accurate results. 
He also stated that the Obama campaign paid WhiteHouse.com $750,000 to crush the story. I don't know what I don't know. In June 2009, Larry Sinclair wrote a book called Barack Obama and Larry Sinclair, Cocaine, Sex, Lies, and Murders. And it's still available for sale. That this press conference I referenced is still on major platforms, and he has never been convicted of defamation or libel. Couple interesting quotes from the Q&A portion that I found super interesting. How relevant they still are today. I'll read you my favorites. I'm not saying believe me. I'm saying here's the information. Look at it. Do your own research, but do it based on the facts. Stop doing it based on this constant misinformation and misrepresentation that's been circulating on the internet. I'm going to give you everything in writing and make your own decision. I care so much because this political season has turned this country upside down. Being called a racist if you ask a candidate who chose to run for president. All right, he's getting into his own personal philosophy. But yeah, Barack Obama's out here sucking dick. Larry Sinclair, look up. He got a book out. I was hoping, I was thinking you had to just like type in something and look. No, nigga got a book out, nigga. So look, go listen. Nigga sucking dick. Michelle Obama. Nigga, every time I see him, it never looked like he was giving Michelle the real dick. That's why everybody like Michelle look like a man, because she probably is, nigga. She's probably a transgender. She's probably the world's first transgender. That's the first American transgender was for. That ain't no woman. That nigga, fuck out of here. Don't try to. And then you know what's so fucked up is when white people were saying Michelle Obama looks like a fucking monster, which she does, and saying she looks like an ape, which she does, and saying she looks like a Bigfoot Yeti, which she does. We as black people kept thinking that we kept attributing it to you thinking that all black women know, man. If he had Megan Thee Stallion up there, I don't think nobody would say anything. No, 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 no. Or at least if somebody said something, I would disagree with it in my heart. When they were saying that bitch looks like a guy, I was like, she does look like a guy. Why, if I'm the president, nigga, I'm gonna have the baddest bitch. You seen JFK had fucking Marilyn Monroe, nigga, why would I be president and not have presidential baddest bitch in the world? This bitch looks like a goddamn, like, fuck that. I'm the president, man. Fuck out of here. You must be motherfucking crazy. But he like, but if you like guys, if you like guys, then that's your thing. So it wasn't, that's one thing I kept saying. I was like, no, nah, I don't think this is racial, fam. I, she looks like a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he had Megan Thee Stallion and every white person was like, he's got a fucking monster bitch. I'm like, oh, y'all just being racist. You don't understand black beauty. You don't understand black beauty. You don't understand how beautiful black women got curves, thickness, and you don't understand how man, when black man, black woman, man, you don't understand. But nah, that ain't no fucking, she's a fucking monster. Have to be a monster to go along with that process. Any real woman would have said, nah, I'm not going along with this. This nigga sucking dick, having hot dog parties. Nigga having hot dog parties. Yeah, Studio 54, but he doing it in 1999, Lee T. Yeah, Studio 54, but he doing his in 1999, smoking crack, nigga, sucking dick, smoking crack, nigga. So, again, I was one of the first people saying, fuck Barack Obama. I fuck Barack. He ain't do shit for niggas. Fuck him. Fuck Barack Obama. I was one of the first black people to say that shit. I swear to God. Oh, you're a sellout. You're selling out your people. <sighs> nigga, have it. Like I said, if you've been reading the book, then you know. People don't understand. Simple. Well, how do you know all this stuff? Because I've been reading and staying. I've been watching the movie. I've been paying attention. It's not a movie you have to read, but if you've been reading books, then you know exactly, again, where we are in history. It's not hard. And if you don't know, you should listen to people like me that do know. That's what pissed me off is when my cousins So okay, I know you guys have been too busy fucking and sucking dick and in the streets and 
you've been too busy at work and you've been too busy singing and you've been too busy doing whatever the fuck you've been doing. I've been in the field with this shit, researching. So when I tell you we need to go for Donald Trump, it's I don't want to hear my uncles. I don't want to hear the elders in my family start talking about, oh, he's just, he's just, no, you're just old and dumb and don't know a goddamn thing about shit. And it's time for you stupid. You got to know when to listen to the next generation symbol. What do you think? We need to be doing this as a family block. Fuck Joe Biden, because Joe Biden is going to open up doors to homosexualize our kids. He's in the, that's who's in his pocket. We can clearly see he's waiting for LGBTQ. Barack Obama was the first kind of busting at the window for LGBTQ and this whole Jewish. Jews have always kind of had underneath power. They've kind of had a little bit of power in United Nations because of Israel. But this like global domination where they're able to tell Kyrie that he cannot. The, the powers that told Kyrie Irving that he can't tell his people that follow him. Hey, man, I just watched a cool documentary on fucking Amazon. I can't do that. That's that's a power. Joe Biden opened the door and Barack Obama for them to have that kind of sway over here in America. Trump was against that. Trump was like, it's red. It's apple pie. It's Americans for America. God damn it fuck you talking about but anyway everybody damn we've been going for a minute every let me see what my niece said before i get on out of there everybody and their mother was in studio 54 getting dick sucked and getting high as a kite you goddamn right leetie everybody everybody was in studio 54 sniffing cocaine off strippers booties or out of the hole of a nigga's dick it's a fact it's a fact so I don't want to hear about anybody that say they're walking a straight line that came up in the fucking 60s and 70s. You're full of shit. I don't believe anybody in the 60s and 70s that talk about I didn't do you a goddamn lie. You just made it through and now you stopped. You quit. You went to rehab. Whatever happened, nigga. <laughs> but don't tell me you wasn't in Studio 54. You was in Studio 54. Or you was in Studio 45. <laughs> fucking don't lie to me, motherfucker. Yeah, that's why I say people, boy, you get weird. Like all the people at Woodstock, don't you think about that? Think about this. I want everybody to think about this while you leave. Just to understand that never believe what people are, they're hit, believe what they're doing. Don't believe who they claim to have been or what they were. Believe what they're doing now. Just think about this. All the people that went to Woodstock and were talking about love the planet and heal and we're going to have peace on earth, they all got, they all grew up and got jobs in <laughs> banks. They got jobs in political um, campaign, hedge funds. They all basically are the people that fucked the world up as far as being money hungry. All the people that went to Woodstock and had the flowers in their hair, one for each other, we're all going to be love. You okay. What happened? What'd you guys do, baby boomers? What'd you guys do? You guys are some of the most warmongering, killing motherfuckers in the 80s. You guys, uh, you guys, the same people that was like flowers in their hair, they're the ones that let cocaine come over in the 80s. Reagan, Ronald Reagan and all the motherfuckers. So I'll be saying, man, fuck that shit, man. Let's live in the now. Use history only as a precursor to what's going on. You don't live in the past. That's one thing that I don't do. I don't live in the past. That's, if I lived in the past, I wouldn't be telling you right now, nigga, it's a beautiful country. No, you don't live in the past. You just use it as a precursor so you understand where we are again in the movie and the book. That's what I use history for. Oh, where are we? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where are we at? Okay, the Romans and then are the Italians now. See how I did that? Oh, okay, so the Romans 
who were the Romans who killed Jesus, the Roman gladiators, they are now the Italian mafia. That's them. Got it. Okay, cool. What else? Okay, the Jews, those European Russian people that were in Russia that practice Hebrew, that ran into a couple Hebrews and liked the teaching, and now they're calling themselves Hebrew, but the Russian Jews, they are now the real Jews. Got it. Okay. The Mongolians that were in Asia that came across the Alaskan Strait into Canada, they're now the Native Americans. The real Aboriginal Native Americans are the Negroes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. It's making, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> you got to know you. You got to know. You use that as a precursor. Oh, I get it now. Got it. <laughs> Feel me? Niggas selling dope. Now they in Black Lives Matter. Hold on, fam. Wasn't you just shooting a party up? Just t literally five years ago, you caught two bodies and you're drunk. Nigga, yesterday you was at a shootout. Now you at Black Lives Matter and you're talking about white man is the worst thing in the world. Even though you've taken two people off this planet, you're going to say white man. Even though your black ass looks in the mirror every day and realizes that you're the greatest threat to the neighborhood. But it's the white man. Got it. Got it. Oh, God damn, we're going on an hour and a half. I'm getting the fuck out of here on a Friday. I'll see y'all tomorrow at a certain time. Make sure, don't forget, common sense is the best form of currency because it can be used in tape where this is Simbali. I'm out.